Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to Breath of Pragma. This is Dr. Dennis Daniels. The song you were just listening to is Celebrate He Lives by Fred Hammond. That's a celebratory song of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Here at Breath of Pragma, we believe that the breath of life given, us to us, given to us by the creator of everything is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. In Genesis chapter two, verse seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living thing. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that the power of life and death is in our breath. It's what we speak and what we say. I think that the people who listen to the show are a mature audience and you don't need to be convinced that our words are powerful, that our breath is powerful. The Lord Jesus once declared that it is not what goes in you that defiles you, but what comes out of you that defiles you. What do you speak? How do you use your words? Do you use it for good or do you use it for evil? In Job 33, chapter 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me and... The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now, that life, that gift of breath, that's the only thing that came directly from the God who created everything into us. And that tells you how powerful it is. When Jesus says that he's going to give the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to the disciples, if you read it, you'll see it says, the way he gave them the spirit was he spoke to them. He breathed on them. He breathed on them the breath of life. And then as the story goes, those disciples went through doing the work of our Lord and our creator, healing people, performing miracles. And so <clears throat> without a doubt, it's very clear that this breath we have is something worth protecting and worth keeping and worth trying to strengthen and, and, and keep as part of our life. But most importantly, it's how we use it. So here at Breath of Pragma, we encourage you to love to breathe and breathe to love. That's our motto, love to breathe. And we, we help you with that by teaching you about lung health. My name is Dr. Dennis Daniels, and I've been a pulmonary critical care doctor in this hospital for several years. In fact, two decades. Um, and it's been my pleasure to do the work of the Lord um, and teaching people how to breathe. It's my specialty. So if you've been following us here at Breath of Pragma, then you know Pragma refers to a specific type of love. There are many different types of love. There's agape love, which is the love for, for God. There's storge, which is the love of family members. There's eros, which is romantic love. And Pragma love is a type of practical love that is expressed by everyday routine practices that spread love that is a part of every other type of love. So if you have store day, which is love between family members, the then every day you say and do things that let those family members know that you love them. And that's a practical everyday application of expressing your love for them. 
And that part is pragma love. If you're in uh, a relationship that fails, it's probably because the pragma love hasn't been there. If you love someone from your, from your wife to your neighbor, then there should be things that you do on a daily basis that express that love and that let people know that you love them without them having to guess. They just have this understanding. It's visible because you practice it every single day. If someone goes into a weight room and they lift weights every single day, their muscles get big. So it's obvious that they work on those muscles to build those muscles. And no one has to ask them. No one ever walked up to a young Arnold Schwarzenegger and said, hey, do you lift weights? It was obvious that he lifted weights on a regular daily routine basis. It was part of who he was. It was part of his everyday living. And that's how pragma love should be. Your pragma love should be strong like Arnold Schwarzenegger, that you practice it so much every single day, that you use it so much every day, that it's obvious and people don't have to ask if you love me or they don't have to guess if you love them. It'll just be obvious on because of your everyday behavior. That is pragma love. And you can have that love for your friends. In fact, when God said, love your neighbors, well, that was pragma love is what he's talking about. In uh, 1 John, it says, dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our own actions. Let us show that love in truth by our own actions. That is pragma love. Every single day your actions show it to the point that no one has to ask for it. And I've said this before, but one way to know what pragma love is is after you see a loving relationship fail because it was missing. If you're on the edge of a divorce and you can go see a counselor, what you're going to learn from that counselor is the practical everyday practices and things that you would do to show that love were missing. The pragma love missing from romantic love is why over 50% of, of marriages end in, end in divorce. It's the reason that family members don't speak to each other. It's the reason that friends no longer speak to each other because they lost sight of the practical application of pragma love. So every single day, it should be routine, like like brushing your teeth or like, you know, going to work or things that you do, eating breakfast. You know, your pragma love should be obvious to people to the extent that that love is built up so strong that people never have to guess if you love them. That's pragma love. So if you're in earshot of this program, make sure today you are doing what needs to be done to show pragma love to people, um, well, that you love. And it doesn't matter what type of relationship it is. Pragma love is the foundation of every other type of love, whether that is romantic love, love between family members, or here's a big one, love between God, between you and your God. When I was speaking to my daughter and I was teaching her about how to pray, the one thing I said is it doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, the Bible warns about people who give big, long prayers. Practical, everyday love doesn't require um, extravagant expression. 
This is just routine, regular stuff. And if you say to God or to the Lord Jesus Christ, dear Lord Jesus Christ, I love you. I thank you for all you do. And I praise you for who you are as the savior of everything and the creator of everything. That's it. You do not have to say more than that. If you're in trouble, or if you're feeling so happy, you just want to tell God that you love him, no matter what your reason is for prayer. If you're at a wedding or a funeral, if you just say, dear Lord Jesus Christ, I love you, praise you, and honor you. I thank you for all you do, and I praise you for who you are. That's it. If God is omniscient, he already knows the rest. Before you opened your mouth to pray, he already knew what you were going to ask for, what you were going to declare. So that's why. You thank God for what he's done already. You praise him for being who he is and for giving you the breath of life. So I want to talk a little bit about some lung health now. Um, if you want to know more about our uh, lung health programs, we've spoken of lung physiology and low oxygen and asthma and uh, COPD, just a long list of lung pathologies that we've kind of given some insight and understanding about. And, you know, early on when I started this series, and by the way, this is the 22nd episode of Breath of Pragma. Um, <clears throat> but this breath of life that we need, that we have, basically is one that requires some work from us. Because we have to make sure that we don't do anything to distort it. And if by chance your breath gets distorted, well, then that's what we're here to talk about. Some things that we can understand. Um, when you go to visit a doctor, I gave, I gave an example where I said you go to visit the doctor and the doctor says, well, you have sarcoidosis or perhaps you have granulomatosis with polyangiitis. And we're going to give you some cyclophosphamide and some rituximab. This may cause you to get certain types of cancers. It could actually decrease your immune system and you can get an infection you can die from. And it may cause several other problems with your body. However, don't worry about it because we'll give you some methotrexate and we'll monitor your hemoglobin and your white blood cell count. And we'll monitor your lymphocytes and your electrolytes and your CMP and your ACE and your and your other alphabet blood tests and anything goes wrong, we'll be happy to fix it for you or we'll address it at the time. Or maybe if this medicine starts to kill you, we'll just stop it. Well, see you later. See you in two months. And then they walk out and you have no understanding of what they just said to you. As a matter of fact, you probably wish that they had shown you some pragma love and <laughs> taken time to be more practical in their explanation. But, you know, healthcare providers are usually very uh, overtrained in in academic issues and and undertrained in teaching but i tell everyone the word physician is greek in origin and that means to heal but the word doctor is latin in origin and that means to teach to be a doctor means you're so knowledgeable in a subject that you're qualified to teach it to other people. That's why you can go to a university and you'll see people that you call doctor, but they certainly are not healers. They are teachers. Uh, someone can have a PhD in mathematics or history, 
and you'll call them doctors, but they're not healers. So, you know, here we, we do the doctor part of being a, a physician. Uh, you know, not much healing is going to be done through this program as far as a person on a personal level with with the respect to your direct health care. And we always encourage people here at Breath of Pragma to develop a pragma relationship with your healthcare provider. Stay in contact, be friendly, be communicative, ask questions. They are your teacher more than they are your healer. And if you have that type of relationship with your healthcare provider, then things usually go um, pretty well as far as that healthcare provider and patient relationship. But with that being said, we've tried to give some understanding of different subjects uh, here at Breath of Pragma. So please feel free to visit our website at breathofpragma.com, P-R-A-G-M-A.com. And you can uh, listen to some of our previous podcasts and get all caught up. So today, let's talk a little bit about lung nodules. And so when people have chest x-rays or CAT scans, sometimes well, 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 your your lungs should look black if they're filled with air. And if they're filled with something other than air, then whatever they're filled with can look gray or even white sometimes. And if we see a little white circle or something similar to a little white circle, then the doctors call that a nodule. And there are many different reasons why nodules occur. So if you if you know someone and they say, man, they found a nodule on my CAT scan well, or, or on my chest X-ray, most of the time the nodules are benign. And by most of the time, it's really like probably 80 or 90% of the time, depending on the circumstances, these nodules are just benign. They mean nothing. In general, when there is a nodule on your X-ray or your CAT scan, that that nodule is a can have three different histories or outcomes one that nodule can grow and expand and multiply and become a problem or two that nodule can actually disappear and fade away and when they recheck the cat scan it's gone as if it was never there and a third possible outcome is that nodule can can stay there and fill with calcium and never never change just stay that way for the rest of your days and just stay there as a benign calcium filled nodule on your lungs forever one way that people get nodules is if you inhale dust particles that's called particulate matter granulomatosis, but all it means is that you held some dust particles. So if you if you pour concrete, well, before you mix the water into the concrete, it's a powder. And if you inhale that powder, that powder can get into your lungs and form a little ball. The immune systems, the, the immune cells in your lungs can surround that little ball, that little piece of dust, and form a ball that you can see on a CAT scan or x-ray, and that's called a nodule. Nodules can be formed from some diseases such as cancer or tuberculosis, and it can be formed in certain autoimmune diseases where your immune system is overactive, such as sarcoidosis or um, rheumatoid arthritis, 
lung nodules can commonly occur as well. So, <clears throat> and you have to put the nodules into perspective. So, you know, if, if you're 30 years old and you work with dust all the time and, and they see a nodule on your x-ray or your CAT scan, well, maybe it's a, a piece of dust, you know. But if you're 70 years old and you've been smoking for 30 years and, and you coughed up some blood and now they see a nodule on your CAT scan, then you really have to be worried that might be cancer. So when it comes to nodules, uh, the first thing I want to tell you is if someone says you have a nodule on your x-ray or on your CAT scan, the first thing to discuss is age-appropriate cancer screening. Now, I tell my patients frequently, I get paid to be suspicious. So if I see a nodule, I want to think of the biggest threat to my patient, and I want to address that first. So if I see a nodule, the first thing I'm going to do is whatever is required to make sure this thing is not cancer. That's number one. Number two is you want to check for certain types of infection and autoimmune diseases. You want to do enough of an, of an initial evaluation on this nodule to make sure that this nodule is not uh, the kind that can multiply or divide um, from an infection or an autoimmune disease or cancer. So that's one of the first things. And so when you have this nodule, some doctors might say, you know what, let's just get another picture of it in three months or six months. And, and that decision depends on the size of it, okay? So if you have a nodule that's, you know, four millimeters, the doctor might say, hey, you know, we can check this thing in a year. If it's, you know, 2.4 centimeters, your doctor might say, hey, we need to biopsy this thing right now. But here's the point. No nodules should be ignored, even though most of them turn out to be benign. You should never ignore it. And step one is do age-appropriate cancer screening. So, you know, get your prostate check, get your colon check, you know, pap smears, mammogram, whatever's required to, to do just routine cancer screening. That's number one. Number two, you really should explain to your doctor any potential chance that you could have inhaled particles. So, you know, if you were just sawing some wood and you inhaled some and it coughed, maybe that's what it's from. Another thing to consider, these nodules can be from reflux disease or GERD, heartburn and indigestion. And that's a very common cause of nodules. And we actually discussed that on one of our previous shows. You can visit our website to see which which lecture that was on, on GERD. Um, <clears throat> but one of the extra intestinal manifestations of GERD was uh, lung nodules. Um, and then finally, these lung nodules, if they're related to autoimmune diseases, frequently you can do blood tests that help the doctor or the provider clarify that particular diagnosis. But if you have a nodule, there should be some blood test. You should make sure you tell your doctor everything about your particular um, matter that you could have inhaled and what you do and where you work at, age-appropriate cancer screening, blood test, and then always, 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 at some point, there should be a follow-up CAT scan to get another picture of that nodule. Now, nodules are very complicated, they're not easy, and they are very patient-specific. So if you're a smoker and you're 70, that nodule could be very, very concerning. If you just got back from an area high in tuberculosis, that nodule could be concerning. 
If you, you know, ride a motorcycle and you breathe a lot of dust, that nodule could just be a dust particle in your lungs. But once again, age-appropriate cancer screening, some blood tests, a good history, make sure you share everything with your healthcare provider. And then finally, a repeat CAT scan. Those things are vital, absolutely vital in the management of lung nodules. But I want to encourage you again, if you have a lung nodule, most of them are benign. And so, you know, say your prayers and God is going to see you through it for sure. And so thank you for um, listening to that section on lung nodules and um, our medical portion of the program was sponsored by Executive Pulmonary Medicine, and you can visit their website at Executive Pulmonary Medicine um, for more information on them. You can also go to our Breath of Pragma website, and you will see a link to Executive Pulmonary Medicine. So um, if you're looking to get more information from our healthcare providers there, uh, just fill out the form, and I'm sure they'll, they'll reach out to you. Having said that, you know, here at Breath of Pragma, we believe that the breath of life is what is the greatest gift given to us by God. It's the only gift that came from inside the Creator into us. Sometimes if you listen to your thoughts, you might actually think you hear a voice. That doesn't mean you're crazy, and it is it doesn't mean this is a psychotic type of hearing voices. But right now, if you had a conversation with someone yesterday and you recall that conversation, you can actually hear those, hear the voice almost. And when you think to yourself, like if you're listening quietly, there's a voice inside of your head right now. You hear it. You're not crazy. But you know what that voice proves? That voice proves that you are something more than just a physical being. We can take a robot and we can teach it how to say ouch if you punch it. But the robot doesn't have the emotional connection of feeling pain or love. It doesn't have that inner thought. That is the thing that separates us from inanimate objects. But also, it's an argument where people say that's proof that we have a soul and a spirit, that we're something beyond just muscles and bones and a bunch of chemicals pressed together. Do you know almost every time in history when they took, um, well, Christianity out of the schools and started teaching atheism, that catastrophes occurred? Stalin killed over 25 million people, it's estimated. Hitler killed something like 8 million people. And both of them talk about their atheist beliefs. They, they, I mean, they're just absolute atheists. And when we tell people there's no creator, they, they tend to get evil and do evil things. But if we tell people to believe in God, if we tell people that there is a creator, if we give them that hope and that reality, and the fact is, the science we have, archaeology, math, everything about us, there was a flood. So everything in the Bible has been proven to be true. 
Everything that the Bible predicted would come true has come true. And everything the Bible said happened, we find proof of it. It's just not a lie. But when people start to believe that lie, when you get away from a God that tells you to love each other, well, you end up doing the opposite of loving each other. Uh, there is a passage in the Bible and it says when, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That is talking about when the Lord Jesus Christ gave the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Receive ye the Holy Spirit is a phrase that mentioned all the time. But I want you to read that passage again. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. When you speak to people, you have the ability to speak life, kindness, and encouragement to them. I'm not saying that if you breathe on someone, they're going to get the Holy Spirit. In this day and age, you might get accused of something, so that might not be your best plan. But what I am saying is that you have the ability in, you, in your lungs right now, your voice right now, you can say nice things to people, something simple. Walk up to somebody and say, hey, you look happy today. You look like you're having a good day. You know, say, you know what? I, or if, if they're not, say, you know what? I hope your day gets better. There's nothing wrong with giving someone a simple, basic, friendly compliment. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you know, you're really doing a good job with your grass, man. I'm, it's nice to see you up and around. It's nice to see you, you know, smiling. You know, I'm glad you're there to wave back at me. Even from the comfort of your car, when you're driving past people, the simplest thing you can do is smile and wave. That is pragma love. It's something that simple and that small. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another because love comes from God. And I'll remind you in that same chapter, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Thank you so much for listening to Breath of Pragma. We'll see you next week.